Welcome to the fourth podcast in this Journeys to Treasury series. In this podcast, we discuss how treasurers can help drive their company's environmental, social and governance or ESG strategies. As businesses in all industries place ESG at the core of their strategy, treasurers are keen to support the ESG agenda, but don't always know where to focus to make the most impact. In this podcast, our panel looks at how ESG criteria can help shape investment decision-making and debt issuance, sustainable and transparent operations and supply chains, and diverse treasury teams. I'm Helen Sanders, and I'd firstly like to introduce our panel today. Stanton Miller, who is Deputy Head of Treasury Solutions at Bank of the West, which is part of the BNP Paribas Group. Victor Ivanov, who's Head of Sustainability and Transaction Banking for EMEA at BNP Paribas. And Patrick Simeon, Head of Money Market at Amundi, who's here on behalf of the EACT. So first of all, why is ESG important for treasurers? Stanton, perhaps I could start with you. Yeah, thank you, Helen. When I think about the importance of ESG, I immediately go to what's the big picture. And for and in my mind and for treasurers, quite frankly, this is about um, the greater good. It's also about, not. it's no longer just about profits. It's really about what can we do to help society? What are we doing for our environment? And how do we pay it forward? That's what ESG in my mind is about. And if you're in a treasurer in an organization, you start to have influence about who you work with and who you don't work with and what's important to you. And you can, you can influence many people in your organization. So to summarize, it's the big picture. How, how do we make our world a better place? And we can do that through ESG. Great. And, and Victor, clearly this is fundamental to your role. So what would you add to, to that? Yes, uh, I first uh, fully agree with what was mentioned by, by Stanton on the, on the big picture. Um, then if I can add, uh, the sustainability is also a business consideration. It is of strategic importance for um, companies across the, the, the world and um, uh, working on um, uh, transforming the, the, the business model or positioning it for the requirements of tomorrow uh, can be a significant competitive edge going forward. Great, thank you. And Patrick, anything you would add to that? Indeed, we are fully aligned. Uh, I think that ESG integration within a treasury policy must be based on two convictions. The responsibility companies and investors have in building a sustainable society and the demonstration that ESG has a positive impact on long-term financial performance. It is worth taking into consideration ESG participates to an enhanced transparency for a company in its investment or debt issuance policy. Uh, the environmental dimension embeds the control of direct or indirect environmental impact by limiting energy consumption, reducing greenhouse emissions, fighting resource depletion, and uh, protecting biodiversity. The social dimension has uh, the objective to measure how your company defines a strategy to develop its uh, human capital within a universal reach linked to human human rights in general. And last but not least, the governance dimension provides an analysis of how your company integrates all of its stakeholders in its development model, not only its stakeholders, but also its, employee, its employees 
clients and suppliers and local communities. Great, thank you. And I think you're absolutely right to be emphasising the whole breadth of activities um, and different uh, concerns that when we talk about ESG and sustainability that we're looking at. So with that in mind, why do treasurers often find it so difficult to incorporate ESG and sustainability into their operations and decision making? Uh, Victor, perhaps I could start with you. Well, you know, I think... Um, uh, we shall be hearing from Patrick on this because I think he's certainly the best position among us to, to answer. But if I may venture, um, you know, some some considerations from uh, from my perspective, you know, I think it is the, uh, probably what I would call a sort of an ecosystem aspect. You know, uh, you, you need first to, to to know and to decide what uh, does ESG and sustainability mean concretely. Uh, and uh, this has been uh, something that, that has been vastly defined over the past uh, few years. Uh, um, the, the sustainability space has become less of a terra incognita. Uh, it has been mapped and it is being codified with the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals and the Paris Agreement back in 2015 to the uh, EU taxonomy more recently mention just a few very notable uh, developments. So we see the, the emergence of norms, of standards, uh, which pro provide a much clearer understanding of what uh, can be considered as uh, sustainable. And then obviously um, a, a company, a business has to decide for themselves uh, what this would involve to become sustainable, how um, uh, they, they need to, to, to change their strategy, to, to start moving their um, uh, their operations and transition their, their business models. Uh, and so we, we see this broader recognition from companies to um, that sustainability is important for their investors and employees, uh, but also the, that this is something that is strategic for, for their business. And so once this direction is clear, then comes the questions about measuring, about reporting, about financing. And this is where the Treasury Department steps in. And now we are at this juncture where, uh, well, the, the, this whole thing aspect is being clarified, but the KPIs uh, are not yet totally clear for the Treasury Department. What would a successful involvement in sustainability mean for, for, for the Treasurer, for, for the team uh, there? Uh, and also there is um, uh, another hurdle, which is around, uh, uh, you know, the, the collaboration, cross-company collaboration that is required around sustainability and, and around ESG, which is uh, somehow coming to, uh, you know, to change established business practices, established governance, and, and this uh, clearly um, presenting some challenging aspects. So um, I, I think that this is a part of the, the, the explanation, and then, uh, but we'll come to that a little bit later, also how the banks can, and external providers can help with solutions, uh, with, uh, um, with approaches, uh, with um, advisory to support the, the Treasury Department in their journey. Thank you, Victor. And, and Patrick, to what extent does this resonate with your experience? Uh, uh, first of all, I fully, uh, I fully agree. And in fact, the ESG performance of an investment is difficult to assess and must uh, rely on a thorough and consistent methodology. On the other hand, striving to become more responsible, and as a result, their require requirements and expectations of issuers are mounting. So issuers, I think that issuers must build their own ESG roadmap to engage with the investors 
based on a, a real on real and measured KPIs, of course. And a, a relevant ESG strategy must develop the right narrative in order to ensure long-term financing. Great. Thank you, Patrick. And, and Stanton, what sort of challenges have your clients come to you with or from an ESG perspective? Yeah, Helen, there's a couple that really, I think, stand out. One of them was mentioned already. It's how do you define and measure it? Um, this in the United States, I wouldn't call this new, but in some ways it is new. And um, getting your arms around how you measure it, um, how you define it within your organization is challenging. And I would say with the treasurer specifically, one of the challenges that they have is they're not the ultimate decision-making authority. So they have to influence and work with procurement or they have to work with AP or the investment side of the, the CFO. And when you're dealing with all of these different group, groups, there's a lot of education that you would need to do as a treasurer to help them understand the importance of ESG. So you're choosing a sustainable supplier versus somebody that isn't, for example, or a supplier that is all about diversity. So the, those are where our challenges are. It's about getting the word out. It's about getting knowledge out. And then it's influencing those around you to move to this way, because as was mentioned before, this will be and is a competitive advantage. Absolutely. So bearing in mind some of these challenges, but also the scale of the opportunity, which Stanton has just mentioned, where should treasurers start? Um, you know, there's different elements that they could be looking at, whether it's environmental, social um, or, or governance, of course. Um, and of course, different lenses through which they can be looking at their business, whether that's financing, investment or their treasury organisation itself. So I'm going to ask you, each of you actually, where they should start. And, and based on your experience, what impact have you seen some of these initiatives have so far? And, and Victor, perhaps I could start with you. Yes, um, well, you know, I think um, what we um, we see from um, companies and uh, um, our treasury interlocutors there that have uh, found the way to, to resolutely engage on sustainability and ESG topics, that engaging into sustainable finance is quite often a, a, this transformational moment that makes things, uh, you know, become much more, things be, become much more concrete. This is the sort of... Uh, before, after moments. Um, so um, uh, the moment that company is engaging into uh, sustainable finance, uh, then the, the, the whole treasury department uh, um, starts moving uh, along and supporting the, this, uh, um, this evolution in, the, in the finding ways to uh, really embody uh, the strategy through the financial prism. Um, and to, to really support it. So uh, experience with, from our clients is that they would generally go for uh, initially either a sustainable bond, be it a green bond or social bond or, or a sustainability-linked loan. And then uh, what we're currently seeing is the, the broadening of the scope of financing solutions to, to new areas such as uh, trade finance, uh, supply chain uh, finance, uh, or um, uh, other types of uh, uh, financing instruments. And, and this is really sitting at the heart of uh, um, the role and the contribution that uh, the treasurer and, uh, and, and the team of the department can, uh, can manage and uh, can, can drive. So financing is, uh, I think, a key, key driver and a trigger to, to a successful involvement into um, the sustainability area from the Treasury Department. 
Perfect, thank you. And, and Patrick, probably you'd look at this from the opposite side of the lens. Mm -hmm. Uh, yes, in, in terms of uh, investment policies, the, the priority must be given to partners delivering a clear ESG process within their products. So um, with the, the uh, Sustainable Finance Disclosure Regulation, uh, asset managers must nowadays disclose how ESG is integrated in risk processes, which is uh, applicable to both uh, entities and products. So, uh, and according to this new regulation, uh, ESG disclosure is dependent on the extent to which each product is considered sustainable. The greater the ESG intensity, the more extensive the disclosure uh, requirements. So, disclosures are both qualitative explanations and descriptions, as well as quantitative calculations and the publication of data indicators or principal uh, adverse impact metrics, so the, the PAI. Uh, the, the new regulation uh, classifies funds into one of, of three groups. Currently, these are referred as to Article 6, Article 8, and Article 9 of funds. So any funds that do not have an explicit ESG element will form part of the Article 6 bucket. Uh, Article 8 funds are those which promote ESG characteristics among other financial objectives. And uh, these are funds that have an, an ESG commitment, but it is not the sole purpose of the, their strategy. And uh, finally, Article 9 products are the greenest, meaning they must have a sustainable investment objective. They will most likely be impact funds and funds aiming to develop to help reduce carbon emissions. So these funds must also have measurable and reportable goals. I think that also for, for potential treasurers who want to invest in, in ESG products, it is also possible to refer to labels, which aim at helping all types of retail and institutional investors looking for more sustainable savings and investment solutions, like the label ESR created by the French Ministry of the Economy and Finance or the, the Towards Sustainability label. Great, thank you. That's great, Patrick. Um, so we've looked at financing, we've looked at an investment. Stanton, how, how else can treasurers be sort of starting on this ESG journey and what, what areas would you focus on? Okay, this may sound a little cheeky at first, but I'm just going to say start like when you want to do this, it's all about starting. If it, it don't get caught up in the cog of I need to do it right, just begin. And there's a couple ways I'm going to give for treasurers just to be in. The first way is really simple, and that's choose, make a conscious decision to go after organizations where they have they are diverse. Um, and you know that because of how diverse, how um, you can, there's lots of research you can do on different organizations. So it's a really simple way to begin. We're going to do business with very diverse organizations, either small business, women-owned, minority-owned, et cetera. Uh, another way that they can do this is when they issue an RFP. So an or as, as an organization, if you're going to issue an RFP as the treasurer, you can include ESG criteria in your RFP. In fact, you could even do your own score. 
for ESG. And one of the things that we've started to see is we've seen an RFP come our way as a bank. And that criteria, they explicitly stated, you will receive an ESG score. And this is X percent of the overall scoring for the RFP. And those things are two, those things I just mentioned are very actionable and very simple. They can do it, they can do it quickly, and that will drive change. So those will be two of the things I would recommend, aside from the first one, which is just start, do something. No, that's, that's great. And Stanton, perhaps I could stay with you for a minute. How are banks such as Bank of the West supporting Treasurer's sustainability in the ESG agenda? Obviously, as you, we've said, there's so many different angles to take. Um, but but how, how are you working with your clients? Yeah, you know, this is where... I think banks really need to step up and we need to be leaders. It's really unique when we start talking about ESG as we are stewards of the funds of other people. We have a responsibility to manage that, those funds responsibly. But so responsibility means from an environmental perspective and from a people perspective, we need to do it right. And this is where leadership really comes into play. So as we invest other people's money, then we need to make decisions that we invest it sustainably. And we totally control where we put our money as a bank. Um, so that's the first thing. At Bank of the West, we made a commitment, BNP, we made a commitment about a billion dollars that we would be doing in investing in the environment and in funds. And we're, we're well on our way. In fact, we're going to achieve our goal two years ahead of schedule with this investment. That's leading the way. Another way that you can do that, we can do this and we should do it is we need to be a part of groups that push this agenda forward. So for example, um, with Bank of the West, we're part of Saving Winters. We're a part of the Conservation Alliance. And there's these groups um, that um, we can all become a part of. And we become a part of these different groups and we share the message. And then I'd mentioned it already, and I'm just gonna go back to some practical things, but make it a requirement for us to do business with people that they are pushing the social agenda forward, that they're taking care and being responsible socially and also environmentally. So those would be a couple of things I would mention. Fantastic, thank you. And perhaps I could turn to you, Victor. How are you supporting your client's sustainability and ESG agenda, you know, from a BNP Paribas perspective? Well, in BNP Paribas, we are fully convinced that financial institutions have an important role to play when it comes to sustainability. We can enable, facilitate, and accelerate the relocation of capital from the outdated and sustainable business models towards the areas which enable the transition. Today, we are a world leader in sustainable finance, and we are fully committed to continue innovating and expanding the range of solutions in support to the transition uh, towards a better future. And when it comes to my scope, to transaction banking, um, this also means helping and supporting our clients in redirecting their flows on sustainable grounds. This goes both the, the physical flows, the goods and services that are either purchased or sold, as well as the monetary flows around that. And increasingly also, there is the information flow, the ESG data that can be associated with the goods and products that are um, sold by, by our clients. And then, practically speaking, what we are doing is uh, uh, discussing with our clients, with the Treasury Department, and trying to identify the best way, practically speaking, uh, that to, to, to support them. And this means de developing uh, innovative solutions 
Um, this means um, really uh, trying to, to push a little bit the boundaries of what is, has been done until now and, and to, to, to help them achieve um, the, their own uh, ESG objectives. I can give you two examples. Uh, recently in BNP Paribas, we have launched the Sustainable Deposits. This is uh, an innovative offering that is based on a traditional term uh, deposit, whereby the money that we are raising uh, through the sustainable deposit is coming to back our loan of uh, a portfolio, sustainable loans that are having a positive contribution to the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals. Uh, that is a very innovative uh, solution that is having a huge success uh, with clients. Another example is uh, the sustainable trade finance solutions. We have put in place green guarantees. We have put in place sustainability-linked uh, guarantee facilities for our clients. We have been a pioneer in that. And this allows uh, our clients to um, use their broader sustainability KPIs and to embed them into trade finance solutions so that they really align their financial practice with their broader ESG ambition. Great. Thank you very much, Victor. And um, Stanton, perhaps I could come to you before I turn to Patrick. Yeah, thank you. I, I was thinking about something Patrick said and this important role that banks play. And one of the things that we can do that I think is very, very important is we need to create products that not only companies can use, but consumers can use to help with sustainability and diversity. So one of the things that Bank of the West has done is we've created a credit card. We've co-branded with 1% for the planet. And so what we're doing when a customer uses this card, they're helping our planet. It's just a wonderful, simple thing that can be done. And it's been very successful for Bank of the West. And it's a way that banks and financial institutions can lead out great products that our consumers can use to make things better for others. Fantastic. Thank you for that. That was that's really helpful. And um, Patrick, anything finally that you would add? Uh, yes, definitely. As, as regards our, our activity, uh, I would uh, add that banks are intermediaries between issuers and investors, and as such are able to particularly well know the needs of the latter one and help to define the ESG requirements to be put in place by the first one. So, uh, of course, there, there are also other actors to be, to be considered, like uh, specialized uh, consultancy firms or extra financial provider, providers enabling the, the building and maintenance of uh, an ESG database. Great. Thank you, Patrick. So, Looking ahead, you know, we've already talked about some of the opportunities that exist today and some of the ways that banks are supporting uh, that those ESG and sustainability initiatives. But what are the gaps today uh, in Treasurer's ESG strategies and the solutions that are available? And how are these likely to be addressed in the future? Patrick, perhaps I could just stay with you just for a minute on that. Yes, in fact, the, the ESG agenda is more and more guided by the regulation, which has uh, seen these years a tremendous acceleration. So it, it is then not easy to always fill the gap, all the more than the regulation is not always definitely defined or completed. Uh, in fact, the European Commission Action Plan, for example, dates back from uh, 2018 only, and it has also, uh, of course, defined what can be considered environmentally sustainable economic activities. 
through an unified classification system, also called taxonomy. But there are a new category of there are also new category of benchmarks comprising low carbon and positive carbon impact benchmarks. But as regards sustainable finance disclosure regulation, there is still an evolving road ahead. Uh, as the implementation guidebook, guidebook known as uh, regulatory technical standards is not yet analyzed. Understood. Um, Stanton, what, what would you say in terms of the future direction of this area? <clears throat> yeah, one of the, Helen, it's, the, the, well, the future is bright. And um, I, as I mentioned, it's this is the future. So as I think about this, I think a really big challenge right now for treasurers is just simply around adoption. It's not just adoption at your own organization, but it's at adoption of all the other organizations that you're dealing with. And to me, I think that's the biggest challenge. When you are in the forefront, when you're a driver in something new and you're an early adopter, there's a lot of convincing that you need to do to other people. Um, and you, And we do that through... You know, dollars. Dollars let us decide where we're going to put. That's a big influencer. You're going to get my business. No, you're not going to get my business. And so when I think about the, the challenge that's in front of us, it, it really is about adoption. And um, Patrick talked about um, um, measurement. And I do think that that is really kind of challenging as well, is how do we measure this? How do we know that we're doing a good job? And that that uncertainty does create a little bit of fear. But I'm going to say it again, just begin. One of the thoughts I've had um, is create organizations can create their own sustainability roadmap. Right? That's something that as a treasurer you could do. You can get with procurement, you could get with sourcing, you could sit down together and say, hey, over the next five years, let's make some decisions about diversity organizations we want to work with and a sustainability roadmap roadmap. So those are a couple of things that I think can be done and what the future looks like. Fantastic, thank you. And Victor, anything you would add to what Patrick and Stanton have mentioned? Yes, maybe one area where I think uh, um, treasurers can do things both in the short term and also over the, the, the medium term, and this is uh, um, on the, the, this key topic of the supply chains. Uh, what we see today is the leading companies um, um, uh, engaging their suppliers on trying to develop uh, common sustainability goals. Uh, the, the, the key conversation today is around managing the, the carbon footprint, the greenhouse gas emissions across the value chain. And we know that for a number of companies uh, um, out there, uh, the, the carbon footprint in the, the so-called scope three emissions, right, the emissions in, the, in their uh, supply, supply chain, uh, it represents the vast majority of the overall uh, footprint of the company, uh, sometimes up to uh, 70, 80, 90% of the, the, the total footprint. So engaging suppliers on these topics and defining a common journey, a, a shared objective is really key. And we see that uh, companies are uh, growingly doing so. Quite often this is driven by uh, in the procurement department, so by the, um, the jointly with the ESG department, and uh, um, I'm sometimes surprised to see how little at the treasury department evolved into this conversation. 
um, while uh, there are a number of tools and, and um, that can be used to, to, from the Treasury Department to foster uh, further this alignment uh, um, along the supply chain financing uh, and all the you know the, the approaches uh, generally uh, with the, uh, the conversations with the, with the suppliers. So uh, probably on this area, the treasurers can can um, be involved a little bit more. That is a very practical step. Uh, and then uh, going forward, um, uh, um, you know, the supply chain topic would be uh, also structured uh, very much around the uh, transparency, around the traceability. Uh, and this is all about um, uh, harnessing new technologies, uh, harnessing uh, the possibilities that, that digital is, uh, is bringing. And here again, uh, I believe that uh, the Treasury Department will, will have an instrumental role to play um, to uh, detect and uh, uh, support the deployment of these uh, solutions of these new technologies within their organization so that they, they help the overall progress uh, of, uh, of the company in terms of uh, managing uh, their uh, the life cycle of its products from uh, you know the, the, the very early uh, um, procurement phases to uh, commercialization and, and distribution to, to final plans. Thank you very much, Victor. So in our last minute on this podcast, perhaps I could ask all three of you, what advice would you give to treasurers embarking on an ESG strategy today? Victor, what would be the one thing that you would suggest? Well, I think, uh, you know, keeping this very simple, uh, I think ESG and sustainability are new topics that are uh, really uh, um, being managed uh, in, across the organization. So probably um, treasurers shall be uh, uh, trying to embark on a successful cross-company collaboration around the, around the EAG, uh, which would be obviously beneficial for, for their own departments and teams, but also will be contributing to, um, uh, to achieving the, the, the broader company's uh, objectives and ambitions. Thank you. And Patrick, your advice. Uh, it is uh, key to build a clear definition of its own ESG policy based on the capacity to evaluate extra financial issues like uh, reporting assessment and peer benchmarking, ESG risk evaluation, governance check or compliance and materi materiality review. Also, uh, prioritize uh, and collect data and engage uh, with, uh, with investors. And uh, I would also um, simply add uh, an advice to leverage on uh, reliable uh, partners and, co to con and continue to closely track the evolution of the regulatory agenda. Thank you. And finally, Danton, I think I might know where you're going with your advice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you might be right, Helen. Um, I'm going to say just start, like just begin somewhere. And maybe a little bit more elaboration around this, and I'll be quick. The first thing is take a chance to learn, like learn about what's happening, learn what your competitors are doing and what's happening in the environment. It's easy to look up what other companies are doing. The second thing I would say is start small. It doesn't have to be this big, huge thing, and it doesn't have to be perfect. Start small, and small could be as simple as creating a roadmap and or where you have a decision as a treasurer you can make a choice to choose an ESG option, make the ESG option and choose it. And th that's what I would do. Start small. And just lastly, don't, don't worry about perfect. Just begin. 
Excellent. There's some great tips there. Really uh, grateful for all three of you for your time and, and great advice there. So before we leave today, I just want to introduce the fifth podcast in this Journeys to Treasury series, which will be on opportunities in digital payments. We know that digital payment methods and platforms are emerging globally, albeit different levels of uh, different pace and levels of maturity, with an increased focus on real-time settlement and rich data. In the next podcast in this series, our experts will discuss what these developments mean for treasurers and how they can benefit. So thank you so much to us, all of our speakers today, Victor, Patrick and Stanton. Thank you very much for listening and goodbye.